You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Now just listen to me. I'm Deputy U.S. Marshal Rayland Givens, and I'm offering salvation. Talk to me. Come on, face to face. I'm not opening this door. Then, as they say in the Bible, you're screwed. Remember Marshal, welcome to Detroit. Detective, meet Rayland Givens. What's up, Slim? This ought to be good. Got a task force with Detroit PD. You've been special requested. I promised my kid we got a whole road trip planned back to Miami. Wasn't a question. This guy left a trailer from Oklahoma to Detroit. He ain't got cash. We got ourselves a problem. Manziel shows up bad in the air. Any information on this dude could help us. Clement Manziel is my client. He's a killer, and he enjoys it. You do your job, and I'll do mine. Hey, hey, there he is. How are you supposed to be in that hat? Travis Tritt. <laughs> you know, you did a great job. She's very sweet. Sweetheart, why don't you head upstairs? I see you near my daughter again. I'll kill you. Right, if I see you first. I ain't gonna sleep at night, this son of a bitch wins. I don't know what you think you're doing. You wanna play? Let's play. You want a shooting match? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. This time's a good one. We got the original crew back together, gang, and we are going to be doing Justified City Primeval. The return of our friend Raylan. You know, it's been so long since we've actually seen him, and it's going to be very interesting to see, has he matured? Has he calmed down? Has he, you know, not shot everybody who tries to pull a gun on him? So... It's going to be a lot of fun to see, and this one is based off of a book, and I'm going to ask you guys right out. Have either of you read the book that this was based off of? I have. I have not. So while we're talking about this, Bobby, since you have read it, please tell us how close some of this was and everything. The the main story is pretty close. Basically, what they did was they, they basically substituted Raylan in for the other character whose name I am totally blanking on. It was Raymond. Raymond. Is that what Raymond Cruz. Yes, yes thank Raymond you. Cruz. Um he Raylan is basically substitute. So there's a lot of time things that Raylan does that are just done that you know, because I know one of the criticisms has been Raylan doesn't seem as Raylan like. Um and it's because they're having him do what Cruz did. Gotcha. Um, and Cruz Cruz was not so much a shoot him on sight kind of guy. Right. He was more, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what was going on and everything. Mm-hmm. And really the the book, well, much like the show, it wasn't just he wasn't the just the main character. The uh Carolyn, they were pretty equal, you know. Right, right. And main you know, main characters. 
and I feel like in the TV show, I think she got that also. Yeah, but, yeah, she's she yeah, she's very integral to the, you know. Sometimes it like, and sometimes in the book, it almost seems like it's more her story. Gotcha. Than gotcha. you know than the other characters, but you know. All right. But most of ju- most of Justified has been that from the beginning because, really, Raylan was never a main character in any of the books, right? Until the show started, then they wrote books. Raylan, Raylan was always a secondary character that, when he needed a marshal, the mar- Raylan there, was, there was Raylan. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. And but the book is the book is good. Uh, it's earlier Leonard, so it's a little different. It's a little darker than. Some of his other stuff, but it's really right. good. Yeah. Awesome. And this will be very interesting to do. And as we always like to say, we will be spoiling the hell out of this <laughs> one, folks. So if you haven't watched the show yet, it's up on FX. It's um it's also up on Hulu. That's where I got to see it. And it's a ton of fun just to, to see. And it's like being in, reintroduced to an old friend in some ways. And you know, Timothy Oliphant is just awesome. Anyway, so, and as as Judy said, he's not bad to look at either. So it's also nice. <laughs> and so. it's only eight episodes, so it yes. it's it's an easy binge. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, and it, it's some of them, of the episodes are only like forty two minutes. They're not mm-hmm. even full hours. So it's definitely easy to watch, and I definitely <laughs> which, recommend it. Which is funny because when FX was airing them. They were putting extra commercials in because the episodes would run like an hour and 15 minutes with commercials. Oh, yeah. So here I was thinking, we're getting extra content. And I looked and it's like, no, we got extra commercials. (laughs) Thank God I pay for the commercial-free version of Hulu because I would not be able to do that. But it's great to have you back, Mr. Bobby Nash. It is Oh, good to be here. It's been quite a while, actually. Yeah, well, last time we was we were doing Casablanca. I think was the last time I was here. Oh, right? geez, wow. Yeah, so. so yeah, it has been a bit. So how that was you... in the forties. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and we have and look how look how young we look compared. <laughs> I know. How was Dragon Con for you? How how did it go? Oh, it was good. Exhausting, but good. I had a lot of had a great time. I I moved some books. Had some great panels. Awesome. Uh, Mike Mike and I. Uh, uh, shared a you know, roommate again, and so hung out with Mike and Peter quite a bit, and uh, Van Plexico, and a bunch of other folks. And awesome, just a wonderful time. So exhausting, a lot of walking. You know, it's it's as spread out as it's been. This year they added the third apparel mark to really? the yeah. So I didn't actually go in there, but they had things. In, I think it was I don't know exactly what was it, but there was something in the third apparel mark that people were going to. Oh wow! I think it may, yeah. was it the gaming over there? It may it may have moved over there. Yeah, they were still doing something in one, but because they wouldn't, they were had it locked blocked off in certain areas. But so they may they may have just moved all of that to three. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but there were a couple times where there were long lines to get around that building as well. So no, that totally makes sense. It's interesting too because you know. Going to Dragon Con is like a big family, your geek family reunion, as we mm-hmm. like to say. And so for you guys, you know, you guys work the show also, and you have tables set up. So you guys are selling and such. So it's it's an interesting, more experience than I've ever done because I've been a guest and I've been a panelist and, you know, a fan just going around. So I think a lot, the biggest part is I, we don't get to, I don't get to see everything. Right. You know, work. 
you know, we're kind of because you know, Mike and I both have tables in the 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 American Smart Building two on the fourth floor in the comic and pop art track. When we do leave during the day, it's usually to go to a panel, which in a couple of my cases was six blocks away. Oh, I'm sure if you had to go down to the- I had to go to the Cortland, the Cortland Grand, the, it used to be the Sheridan a couple times. Formerly known as the Sheridan. Yes, that is a hike. But uh, but but during the day, we're we're pretty much in there, except for panels from like nine thirty in the morning till about what seven seven thirty at night. So oh. we don't we don't get to see certain things. Like I I only saw two of the celebrity guests. And that because I, I never made it to the Walk of Fame, I saw two celebrity guests, uh, and that was because I saw them elsewhere. Like the guy from uh, that was Gary on Legends of Tomorrow came through the comic track. Okay, gotcha. So I saw him, and then I I talked to Adam Savage when we passed each other going into and out of a panel. Hey, Adam. Hey, Bob. Yeah. yeah. That was about it. Yeah. So I didn't see any of the other actors. I didn't really get to see any of the musicians or any of that stuff, but. But but it's fun. We had a good time. It's like I said, exhausting. Of course, um, of course. Come out of it lucky. A lot of people came back uh, suffering from uh, either concrete or COVID, and thankfully, I was about to knock a bunch of wood. I didn't have either. Um, yeah, I know probably close to over three dozen people who got COVID. Well, there were people we were around all weekend that got it, and I so. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was surprised, but um, I, yeah, no, I, I I dodged that bullet. Mm, thank goodness for both of you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad because I was worried about that for you. Now, I, now we also took precautions. Like we didn't go out as much at night. Like we used to go hang out in the Western Bar with the writers until two, three in the morning, and I, I didn't do that quite as much. Right, and you, we used to hang out at the Marriott and taking pictures mm -hmm. and the costumes and everything. That too. Yeah, so I, I didn't do as much of that um, as we used to. I think you're um, showing your age a little bit there. That, right? there. That's part of it too. Yeah, and then, but also, you know, but is <laughs> that a yeah? Not seeing them in person, we do get to see a lot of photos. Oh yeah, but yeah, I didn't see a lot of that stuff. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of friends that I don't get to see just because you know there's a lot of people you only see if you bump into them. Mm -hmm. You know, and if we're doing stuff in different hotels or. In, different ends of the city it you know the the casual bumping into each other doesn't happen quite as much no totally understand that completely and then and then there's that handful of people you run into multiple times a day mm -hmm, exactly it's weird how that works yeah no totally understand that well it's great to have you on sir and you. it's good to be we'll, back we'll catch up throughout the show and everything so mr mike you ready to take away absolutely absolutely so yeah let's all uh Get all justified in this house. Uh, justified uh, City Primeval. Uh, yeah, as you guys talked about, based on a Elmore D Leonard novel, not to be confused with an actual uh, novel that he wrote in 2018 called Railing Goes to Detroit, mm -hmm. although it could have been <laughs> based on the title, but it's not. It uh, Yeah, it's based on a, on a book that uh, features uh, Raymond Cruz in the role that uh, Raylan would be written in in this. Uh, Raymond Cruz, interestingly enough, uh, in this is played by Paul Calderon, who also played Detective Raymond Cruz in the movie Out of Sight. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if this means that officially they're connected, but, you know, certainly if you're looking for a... a Elmore Leonard verse 
Yeah, the, they've done that a couple times. Uh, Michael Keaton played the same character in, in Jackie Brown and Out of Sight. Mm. I forget that character's name, which, but it was the same. He played the same character. Was he uh, a police officer? I think. Or I think he was. He worked for the FBI. Yeah, I think he worked for the FBI. Yeah, uh, um, and yes, yeah, uh, so. Louise Guzman is in is featured in the last episode, well, last mm-hmm. fifteen minutes of this, and uh, he's also in Out of Sight, but he plays a completely different character. Right. So, uh, so it's not always just about the actors, but um, you know. I think it's just, uh, well, and, uh, you know, Paul Calderon is such a great actor anyway. Uh, he's only boss. featured in, in one scene in this really, uh, when he's talking to Raylan and that's a really, that's one of the highlights, I think. Um, he's fantastic so, on Bosch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's fantastic in anything. Well, sure. Else. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, so yes, uh, justified city primeval Raylan is back, uh, not in Harlan County. And so, uh, there are very few, if any, of the usual suspects uh, hanging around. Um, justified when the series ended, uh, it uh, I believe you know uh, the I believe it was a pretty much a consensus that the uh, finale was satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrapped everything up. Um, how excited or how much did you want any sort of follow up to Justified, Bobby? You know what? I I love this character, so I was thrilled to see him again. I don't think revisiting him does not negate that ending. I've I've seen a lot of people complain. It's like why they've undone this perfect ending, and that ending is still there. You know, I I I like the idea of revisiting this character, especially you know we're what ten years down the road for him. Yeah, it takes place about ten, 10 to twelve. Years later, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Willow's a teenager, and she was yeah. like four or five when we yeah, in the final she's supposed to be like fifteen here, I think, or something. Yeah, so yeah. so we're looking at about you know, so it's cool to see how Raylan has changed. Um, you know, because his circumstances are changed. You know, for the last ten years, he's been back in Miami. He has a daughter. He has, you know, I'm assuming he never he did he obviously didn't ever married or, um, but he seems to be you know going on with his life. Um, if you watched from watching the show, he also seems to have calmed down his shoot first, uh, you know, shoot first and let God sort it out attitude. Um, because really he only shoots twice in the series in the first episode, and the last episode, mm-hmm. um, which I know is another thing. A lot of people was like, wait a minute, <laughs> but, um, but that, that anger and that character is still there. I mean, Raylan still comes off as a, a guy who could bubble up and bubble, you know, his anger could boil over as we see when he, when his, when Clement, you know, messes with his daughter. Exactly. That's where I was about to go when yeah. he, you know, the look on his face when he saw Clement in the hotel with his daughter and, Oh, I ex- fully expected him to pull the gun and like shove it down his throat or something, you know, <laughs> when he was beating the crap out of him. Yeah, and so right, that was that was always one of the things about that you know, I mean that and that's something that's something the original series like touched on in the very first episode was like Raylan doesn't think of himself as an angry guy, but when Hunter's like, you hide it well, but you're like the angriest man I've ever met, you know, <laughs> and and I think that's still a very, you know, a very much part of Raylan. I I don't think you know he hasn't 
like like completely calmed down. I mean, he pulls out the shotgun and shoots that car at the beginning of the episode when the guys were trying to carjack him. So I, I think, you know, had it been in a point where he needed to shoot somebody, he might have. He's just trying to trying not to, I think. Which is something he did in the original series too. There's a bit where he's like, I'm trying not to shoot people. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't last long. <laughs> but um but but no, Timothy is fantastic. So, you know, having him anchor the show, I I was riveted. He is fantastic. And he plays off of the other characters well. There's multiple characters in here that he has a good chemistry with. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to get to those in a minute. Uh, uh, Mike, were you craving more Raylan? I think I was actually, it's always, it's like I said earlier in the show, it was like seeing an old friend you haven't seen in like 10 years. And it was nice. And I was like wondering, has he matured? Has he calmed down? And no, not really. He's still the Raylan we knew, but he also, is trying to be a parent and he's trying to actually, you know, be a good force for his daughter. And, you know, he didn't want to go to Detroit. He didn't, you know, it wasn't his choice to go there. It was circumstance that, you know, the carjacker just happened to have a record and a warrant out for him in, you know, up in Detroit. So, you know, he was taking his daughter to camp because she broke some kid's nose. The apple didn't far, fall far, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't at all. And that's, you know, and that was a neat place to see. And it was awesome that his daughter was actually played by his real-life daughter, mm-hmm. which was, you know, pretty cool to see. And I like, you know, it just it just spun out of control. You know, if he, and he when he was on, you know, when he was up on the stand, it was typical Raylan, you know, you know, when he was being, you know, you know, cross-examined by the, you know, defense attorney. And she was like, you threatened to put my client in the trunk. Well, and he says, is it because he was a black man? I would have put a white man back there too, you know? And we've seen him. Yes. He's yeah. done that. We've seen it on Justified. And so it's not beyond him. And he didn't think anything wrong of it. And, you know, leaving him out in the car while they ate lunch. And But he said, I left a window open, cracked for them. It's like, and it was just in the judge, uh, which was awesome, being played by Keith David. It was Keith awesome. David, so good. He, 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 yeah. was, he was just awesome. And he played really, really well off of Timothy. And so it was pretty cool. Yeah, I love the, I love the fact that you know, the first series was him going back to this place where everybody knew him, where he was the, he was still kind of the outsider because he was coming back, mm-hmm. but he knew, he knew everything about Harlan. You know, there wasn't, wasn't a lot surprising. Whereas this is the opposite. He is in the place where he doesn't know, no one knows him. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know any place. And so he was very much the fish out of water and, I think that was interesting, an interesting dynamic to play. I think it was, in a lot of ways, smart for them to continue with Raylan uh, as a character as opposed to 
rebooting or or continuing on with Justified as a series in Harlan County. Uh, because I think that had come to a satisfying conclusion. That story of Raylan and Harlan returning to Harlan had come to a satisfying conclusion. So with the next arc of Raylan, uh, and, and, and justified, I think with very early on, I think when they originally set it up, when it was known as just lawman, uh, uh, it was supposed to be the Raylan given show. Uh, but after the pilot, and uh, they knew that they had captured magic and it became the Raylan Givens boy Crowder show. Right. Cause Boyd was supposed to die in the pilot. Exactly. Yeah. So, but because they had such magic there, they realized what they had and, and it became the show of both of them. Uh, so Timothy and uh, Walton Goggins uh, did amazing work on that throughout that series. And, but their story was told with their, yeah, their story was finished. Or so we thought. Uh, so, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, so, uh, in 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 telling this tale of of just Raylan, uh, as you point out, uh, Bobby, he, he he is a fish out of water. He's a deputy out of water, out of Harlan, out of Miami, uh, trying to uh, you know figure things out. Um, he's not unfamiliar with Detroit, uh, we find out because in, mm-hmm. in, in, during the, the arc of justified, I mean, he had run into the Detroit mob, right? So, yep. uh, and he had, uh, some, uh, he helped take a lot of those members down. So, um, but that was a decade ago. So, uh, nobody there knows him. Nobody there cares about him. Uh, it's a, it's a different beast. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, it doesn't have that thing where it's like, Oh, I, you know, when he shows up where it's like when he shows up to work to meet Mags Bennett the first time, you know, she knew exactly who he was. She yeah. had his number from the get go. Everybody that, in Harlan County knows knows him. And we imagine everybody yeah. in Miami knows yeah. him as well. When you see that hat, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, crap. Right. Like yeah. that's this is the guy that's coming. Um, and, and knew his family, too. I think that with Harlan. With Harlan, sure. Especially oh, yeah. that early seasons, you know, the first half of that first season is, have you have you seen your daddy yet? What's your daddy? You know, yeah. The the the, the that was such a a big part of it too, and he doesn't have any of that here. No, uh, in fact, uh, you know, he's the subject of ridicule because he wears the hat. You know, like they don't mm-hmm. they don't know Raylan like they we know him, uh, and he is. He is, he does come across as a little different for us because he's not as quick to the trigger. And in fact, uh, because nearly everybody in Detroit, at least on the law side, is corrupt in some ways, uh, to some degree, I mean, he comes across as like the straight and narrow. He comes across as the voice of reason, um, which is not a Raylan that we're used to seeing. Uh, not that he's, unreasonable usually Mm-mm. it's just that he's ne- he's not usually the one that has to say hey back off you've gone too far <laughs> you got, but it's interesting too because you also got the kind of with him the fish out of water type character also not that he was a stranger to the crime he was up there right in front he wasn't let letting anyone else you know pave the way he was you know when that poor girl, when they found the poor girl in the park in the first episode, um, you know, he was right there. 
he will, you know, I'll be there, you know, type thing. And it was just interesting. And, you know, he was up there working with everyone, but it was also finding out that he could not trust anybody on the police department. No, so. no, no. As much as he'd like to, uh, er everybody, uh, yeah, everybody there was corrupt to some degree. There were, there were some, there were some nice bits of misdirection in the, in oh, the sure. top suit. Oh, yes. Because there, much. you know, there was one we did trust who turned out not to be trustworthy mm -hmm. and one we didn't trust who turned out to be tr fairly trustworthy. Um, so yeah, those were nice little touches of twists and. Well, yeah, because they had you guessing the whole time who was the leak in the police department, mm -hmm. who was, you know, basically trying to you know leak everything out and you know and that was the cool thing about it you know you thought you know who's leaking to clement you know who's leaking to sweetie you know type thing and you know we, and it was we just still we still don't know um i mean i find it hard to believe that maureen tipped uh clement uh, clip tipped clement off like i just we don't know if that um, even was a thing I mean, Clement might have just been lucky. He, well, uh, as Raylan said, that must be the one of the most luckiest and, one I've ever and, been in my life. And he and he is played off that way. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the big bad in here, which is Clement Mansell, a ruthless criminal. Um, and uh, my understanding is he's played this way in the book as well. Only in the mm -hmm. book, there's there's even uh, it's it's further. Uh, deepened because he used to be a former cop yeah. here he's just a he's just a wild man here he's just uh this is a kind of uh criminal that that Raylan didn't face in harlan this is this is this is the joker really um he's mm -hmm. random he's chaotic he's semi smart He's very lucky. <laughs> oh, very, very. And, good. and, uh, and he's, and he's terrifying. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely terrifying. Um, and, uh, I found his character, I thought it was interesting that they, I thought, first of all, Boyd Holbrook did a great job. Um, very confusing to me, first of all, to try to talk about him without mentioning Boyd Crowder, since his name is Boyd Holbrook, but <laughs> Clement Mansell, is is a, a is pretty much a serial killer uh with uh i don't know like some sort of um i mean he just is a wild man i mean the, the fact that he kills the judge it just comes out of nowhere right. um well, just, because just, just because it's just because it's just it's just road rage yeah it's just it's, a bad case of road rage um and they never really explain like that's never really something that the police ever find out. They always, they think it's something that, you know, that he had a beef against him or something. They're going for suspects. But the fact of the matter is, is that Clement just killed him because he kicked him off because he cut him off. And, and that was about it. Parking garage. Come on. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Atlanta traffic, I could see where it's justifiable. <laughs> like I, it, it does live up to its name is justified, you know, like, uh, you know, this killing, wow. but, uh, but, but obviously killing the girl was way too far um and uh and that really sets up clement as this just guy and he sees himself as a cowboy an outlaw uh i a think quote, 
I think, quote unquote, the Oklahoma wild man, you know, like he wants to be like this sort of Billy the Kid kind of guy. He wants to he wants to he thinks of, you know, he sees Raylan with the hat and he's like, hey, here's a here's an old style cowboy that I can go up against. We're we're very much alike, you and I, that kind of thing. And we could have been buddies. We could have been mm-hmm. buddies, you know. And, you know, meanwhile, on the other side of the table, Raylan's just like, <laughs> you know, you and me didn't didn't dig coal together. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you are nothing like me. And if wishes were horses, you know, like that's you know, it just it's uh <laughs> it 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 there's that he tries to make that connection, but it's not there. I I give credit to Boyd Holbrook because Clement Mansell could be one of those characters, much like the Joker, where it's one note and it just gets kind of tiring over time. Luckily, this is a short series, so it doesn't really play out that way. But um, but he plays it so interesting and captivating and charming that it, he's fun to follow, no matter how terrifying and ruthless he is. Uh, Bobby, what are your thoughts on Clement Mansell? Very unpredictable. Yeah. When you, and you read the that. book. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? <laughs> um, very, unpredictable, very unpredictable. Like, even those who are on his side, his partners are terrified of him. Oh, absolutely. Because, because they don't know what's going to set him off. Sandy. Ooh. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, poor. And I feel sorry for Sandy. You know, Sandy's not a good person, but, but you know, There's I kind of feel for, bad for Sandy. Yeah. Right? I kind of, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, yeah. I, but I do kind of, I'm actually, you know, the, yeah, it's one of those things. Can I, can I, I just almost, pause here and just say, like, when Sandy dump, doesn't dump the gun in the river and instead hides it, it is both the smartest and dumbest thing she could ever do <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. It's yeah. smart and it's dumb at the same time. And it's Elmer Leonard and these showrunners and these, and these justified people at their best. Cause that's just, that's just brilliant writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very, you know, so the, you know, they're all afraid of like Sweetie's afraid of him, Carolyn's afraid of him, or or at least wary of him. You know, and then it takes the cops a bit to get on his trail. So mm-hmm. once they do, they kinda like, Oh yeah, this guy and But you're right, I there are shades of the Joker there, like how he keeps telling like his origin story and it kind of changes a little from Absolutely you know, this to that. And, Absolutely. So right. yeah, how, there's how did a, he get his scars? You know, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like the, I I do love the story about the he he goes on about the tornado and you know hearing smelling the tornado coming and all that. I I thought that was just a wonderful little soliloquy he he throws out there. And but yeah, but very but but also very charming. I think and that's what compares him to Boyd for me because see Boyd now Boyd was as, as unpredictable. Boyd tended to be a planner, mm-hmm. but oh, both, yeah. but but both of them are very charming people. And so you you can see how people would you know flock to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he could have been a lot more successful criminal had he not like kept flying off the handle, Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like going back and stealing that guy's painting, or you know, or you know threatening people, throwing people, you know, trying to throw people off rooftops and you know parking decks and all that stuff. And hey, he jumped. He jumped. He jumped. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> but you know, but you know, Sweetie had a plan. If if they had kind of stuck to Sweetie's plan, they would have made a little money. That'd have been all right. But you know, uh, I think having him be so 
unpredictable. He was able to do things that just that took the plot in different directions sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah. mean, it starts off. I mean, Sandy and he have a plan uh, to rob that guy. And, the Armenian. Uh, and, the Armenian. Right. And, the Armenian, which is dumb in its own right and has consequences. But in doing so, that's when he gets sidetracked and kills the judge and and all of that. And and that's 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 why we have a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, if he if he just didn't do that, you know, uh, he can't stick to the job at hand, right? He has mm-hmm. to go over. Well, and it's also fun to think about this. The Armenians probably are in so much power in Detroit because ten years earlier or twelve years earlier, Raylan took out Sammy Tonin's mob. Probably, probably, yep. yeah. True. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping when Raylan was introduced to the head of the Armenians that there would be some sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. They never really did that, which was unfortunate. But um, because certainly they had done their research, they must have known, especially the Armenians must have known who Raylan was. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and, you know, oversight a little bit, I think. But or it would have been nice to have that connection. But in any case, uh, Mike, what did you think of Clement? Conan was interesting. I like how you compared him to the Joker because I could see that very much so because he was charming. He was charming to the T and he, you know, was trying to, you know, he was, he was a wannabe musician and he had his, his tape. And it's like, I loved how, like how Sweeney kept on saying to, Sandy, it's like, have you ever heard his music? Have you ever actually listened to it? It's his version of Have You Ever Danced with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight? Exactly. Exactly. Can can only steal cars with a tape deck. Exactly. He had that in the very first. So he can listen to himself and sing along. And it was funny as hell because he had this beautiful convertible in the very first episode. And he, you know, he ended up stealing this, you know, wreck of a car. Because it was had a tape deck in mm-hmm. it, so he could listen to his own music. Because burning music to a CD is so hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was interesting. And he was not above killing anybody, which you find in this. You know, anyone he runs across, you if you run across him, I fully expected him to do worse to Raylan's daughter, truthfully. I thought that was, you know kind of like the cat and mouse thing. And he kept on playing it with Raylan throughout the story, you know, sending him flowers and, you know, calling him chicken fat and, you know, and through, uh, and it was just interesting to see. And, you know, and he kept on going, getting crazier and crazier as the story went on. And you never knew what he was going to do. I loved how there's, he, there's a, he tries to insult Raylan at one point. It's a, he uses music. He's like, who are you supposed to be in that hat, Travis Tripp? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, he John Wicks himself. Uh, you know, he, be, he plays John Wick going up against the Armenians, oh, uh, okay. where he takes them out completely. Uh, and that's like, uh, you know, his his big uh, sort of like, yeah, there's no, there's no turning back. I mean, and, you know, no matter what happens with Raylan and him in that kitchen, nobody's going to convict Raylan because of what he just did into oh, the, he, in the he nursing wiped out, You know, he wiped out the whole Armenian in front of a senior citizen home. You're going to take over now. That's what I want. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Please, our ne- uh, uh, well, you know, there's this new guy running around. <laughs> Sorry. He's but, going but, the other direction. Yeah. Exactly. But it was interesting too. It's just a lot of you know, with the character and everything, it's like he, you know, he had in if something went different from in his mind, he went off. He lost it. Literally. Look what happened with the Armenian. He was expecting the safe to be full of money and everything, and he was going to then just steal it from, you know, the Armenian. And instead, it was guns and such. He's like, I don't need this. This is not what I need. And, oh, God, when he crushed the guy's leg in that steel, you know, door. And it was just like, Judy was like, is he going to put his head in under there? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Something worse. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, it surprises me he didn't do worse. Like, I'm surprised... After doing that, he let that guy live, right? You know, or at least for a while. And then, for a while, yeah. like Sandy, Sandy gets out of it alive. The guy he took the painting from gets out of it alive. It and I would have figured that guy would. Yeah, I figured that like, guy like, was. I'm dead going me. to the Bahamas. Yeah. After that. <laughs> and so, it, was, it was like I fully expected the final scene to be him meeting Sandy on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like. Love is a true you know, something. You yeah, know. well, it's just one of those things. I'm like, yeah, Sandy, you're just not learning. Uh, <laughs> it's like trade one. You're just going up at a criminal. That's about it. Uh, she, she had a she had a type. She did have. She a type. had a type. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. All right. So, uh, one thing I love about Justified. I mean, as cool as Timothy Oliphant and Walter Goggins were, and but everybody. Casting-wise, character-wise, the show was just rich with character moments uh, all all, all the time, like every season, right? No matter what you think of, like, the best season or the worst season, I think, you know, that stemmed from Elmer Leonard's writing initially, but also I have to give credit to the writers and the showrunners of the original series. Now, uh, Dave Andron and, and Michael Denner do a great job here in in – that keeping that that tradition going because even though we're just meeting these people for the first time and it's a short series we don't have a a lot of time to get to know these people i think we still i mean some of these characters are really memorable and really deep and have some great moments and we've already mentioned clement mansell but let's talk about some of the other characters bobby was there anybody in particular that was one of your favorites I, I kind of like the, and I'm totally blanking on his name, so forgive me for that. But the the cop that says, "I'm going to show you how we do Detroit." <laughs> you know, I forget the cop's name, but I thought he was almost he was almost like what we expected Raylan to be. Yeah, gotcha. he was almost like he was almost like young Raylan. You know, like when he yeah, kicks down Norbert? the door. Is that yeah? yeah where Norbert. he kicks down the door and <laughs> Raylan's like, oh, I don't think that was necessary, but. <laughs> You know, I, I liked him. Um, you know, he's kind of in and out. He only has really a very few like big moments, but, um, and then for a yes, lot of that it, surprising just, moment towards the end where he's the one that's actually the voice right. of reason, right? Where right. he's like, I don't want to see an innocent person go down. Yeah. And how, how, you gave how, him yeah. a gun, actually. Yeah. yeah. Cause how is it like, rather than phrased it like, are you on the take or are you just an asshole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which I, you know, it's, which I, you know, that's, that's a it's good railing speak. Yeah. But, um, but the fact that, yeah, this is the guy you would expect to be. I fully expected him to be the dirty cop. 
yeah, so so it was a nice surprise when he wasn't. And then the cop that turned out to be, you know, she was the one that was helping Raylan, invited him to stay in her home. Yeah, was you know taking care of you know when when, when we find it was a, it was a nice like surprise you know to the show when she, oh my god she's the you know because because when I'm watching it too I'm also trying to forget the book I'm not trying to compare it as I was watching it was because she the dirty cop in the book also? I think so yeah it's been a while since I've read it so some of the details are fuzzy but I do according I do believe to she was. Uh, well according well. I, I'm not, I don't know because I haven't read the book, but I was uh, listening to a podcast where they were talking and comparing and no no cops in the book are dirty. Okay, well, there you go. Because, yeah, it's been a while since I've read it. Um, but the, mainly I remember the, the stuff with the judge because the judge was – Elmore Leonard spends quite a bit of time on the judge at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we get to know the judge so that when the judge dies – it really is a oh, bit of a shocker because you might want to let the listeners know what we're talking about with the judge is when mm -hmm. the judge he had he was like proclaiming I have a book on all these people you know I have everyone who's dirty in this town it's gonna you know it's keeping me in this wonderful house and then when you know he's basically when Boyd kills him it's like you know boom yeah. And, so it's just it's yeah, just interesting. Oh, sorry, Clement. Yeah, sorry. Clement. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. We know what you meant. But yeah, because <laughs> he's he's got he the dirt on everybody. Yep. Exactly. And and and, and really, yeah. Point in the story too. Yeah. And and we only really see a small amount of what's in the book come to light in the series. You know, Lord only knows what else you know mm -hmm. could be. You know, is in that book. I mean, because you know. One, I mean, they're using it to extort people for money, and then uh, there's other people we know that are dirty cops, so we use it for that. Uh, Carolyn uses it to, to get herself appointed a judge. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's some dirt. I mean, it's not just and it's not just little stuff. It's some dirt. I mean, you don't just get a judgeship unless you got some good dirt on people. Mm -hmm. Although so. I do like um, I do like you know when they confront Maureen uh, about you know, her actions or whatever. They're like, what do you got? Just a book? I can beat that. And you get a feeling like she will beat this because it's just a book's word against hers. Like what, mm -hmm. how did, how do they like, yeah. I mean, obviously there's probably going to be some sort of money trail. So that, that could be followed up, but then how many of those cops really want to follow it up? You know, like, I mean, she is doing some good work in some mm -hmm. cases, you know? So I, and, and plus, you knock her down. How many cases does that affect? Mm. A lot, right? Like yeah. so. That's a that's a domino effect. Not to mention um, that the, the who, how do you know that the person in that they put to investigate her isn't in the book too? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There, yeah. Nudge, nudge. You know. Well, they have the book now, so <laughs> they could tell. Um, Mike, what about you? What's what's another character from this series that uh, that you found compelling? Well. You know, we haven't even talked about Carolyn or Sweetie. You we know, have not. You know, two major forces in this. You know, mm -hmm. you know, Carolyn. You get introduced to her as like the nemesis at first, and you don't like her a lot because, you know, she's the defense attorney and who you know basically throws out Raylan's case in in Detroit, and. It's basic, and but then you start learning her backstory, and you know she has a full, full 
story and they fleshed her character out nicely where you actually start really sympathizing for her. You care about her. And, you know, same way Raylan did. He cared about her quite a bit. And I loved um, in the first episode when the when uh, Raylan's daughter bought her the drink at the bar and it was the loudest, most obnoxious <laughs> drink that they had, had the firework on it and everything. And it was, it was just great. And I thought she worked really, really well with Raylan. And the chemistry between the two of them was great. Yeah. yeah. Ingenue uh, Ellis played uh, Carolyn Wilder, the defense mm-hmm. attorney. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Mike, that obviously she's like, you know, giving Raylan a hard time. And we see her as a, as a, a foe in the beginning, kind of, but it's, it's interesting how that scene plays out now. I mean, we're kind of, you know, laughing because he puts him in the trunk and everything like that. But once he's called to the carpet on it in, in court by a, you know, African-American uh, attorney, this is not 2015, right? In this front is of not an African-American when, judge. In front of an African-American. And, and he did it to an African-American. And mm-hmm. so that plays a lot different than it would have when we were watching, you Justified. know, yeah. Justified 10 years ago. Like this is like the the landscape of what we feel about police brutality, et cetera, et cetera, has changed a bit too. So I did find that sequence really, really interesting. Like that would, we would have not seen a scene like that, you know, during the original run of Justified, but now you can do that. And I did, I was kind of worried that the whole show was going to be like, look what a dinosaur Raylan is, but instead mm-hmm. Raylan's character was dialed back so much he didn't feel like a dinosaur. Instead, he felt like he was the voice of reason in front of all these other like corrupt people. Oh, he even was talking to the one guy who had taken his mother hostage in the first episode, right? And, and everything, and he had actually basically talked the guy out, uh, you know, out of the basement, and then the uh, other detective, like literally, as he was opening the door slammed the door back into his face and he went flying down the stairs. And I was like, that's what you would have expected Raylan to do in the old series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wouldn't have cared. No. Yeah. And, and I, and you know, we, we, we mentioned Keith David earlier, but you you can never go wrong putting actors like Keith David or Bondi Curtis Hall and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Right. These are, these are guys that can, that can play these darker kind of serious edgy types of characters. And mm-hmm. I thought, Very I thought Bondi Curtis Hall was really good here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweetie was probably my favorite character in the whole series outside oh, of. So outside sad of to see him killed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But he went down like a champ, man. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, if his uh, partner hadn't taken the gun, things might've been a little bit differently from the jukebox there, yeah. but. Uh, and, um, and, and a nice, a nice counterpoint to Clement sweetie's backstory he was actually a musician he was actually a musician and a damn good one too yeah Uh, yeah um so yes played with coltrane which is awesome absolutely yeah great stories there even the flashback featuring him was was compelling i was like you know if they were going to tell a whole episode devoted to his flashback it would have worked for me because he was so great to watch um but um all right so can't leave without talking about the last 10 minutes. Uh, so the last 10 minutes of this, we, we return back to Harlan County. Well, before that, we do get Raylan retiring. 
Yes. Raylan officially retires. He he shoots Clement Manziel because Clement's reaching for a tape. He and thinks much it's like a gun. and well, thinks it's think a gun. It, well, he, knows he has yes, a gun on him. So He does. But just like uh you know, just like Cruz told him, you know, it was time to cut out because he had shot a guy that was reaching for a lighter, is that right? Yep. Yeah, something like that, uh, yeah. and and he found that he didn't care afterwards that he that he you know that he that he killed him for reaching for not a gun. We get the feeling that Raylan doesn't care either. Um, uh, so Raylan decides to return back to Miami, uh, despite the fact that uh, Carolyn's like, uh, "You you know, you don't have to go," and he's like, "I you know, I get that a lot." Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, she's like, damn it, Raylan. I get that a lot. Um, and so he returns and then turns in his badge because he realizes that, you know, he's shooting people and, uh, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So just when he thinks he's out, <laughs> we go back to Harlan County and we visit, uh, with Boyd Crowder, who is up to his, uh, his his uh his old tricks you know just uh biding his time doing sermons uh preaching sermons to the the masses in jail uh you know going around with a little cough <laughs> hoping someone notices until finally he gets busted out and uh he is going to make his way to mexico uh, Raylan gets the head alert that, uh, he's going, that, that, uh, Boyd is released. Boyd has escaped. Yeah. He wasn't um, released. He escaped. Yeah. We, we do not know if, uh, if Raylan picks up that phone. Uh, but we do have the makings of another justified series, mm-hmm. probably one that everybody wants to see rather than the one that yeah. we just saw. And, and I'm <laughs> so, fairly, and I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain when Raylan sees that the Kentucky office is calling him, he knows. He knows exactly what it is. There's no other reason None. Kentucky oh. Lexington would call him. Nope. Um, yes, I, I I thought the ending was fantastic. I hope we get to see more. We did get four characters from the original series in the final episode. In addition to Boyd, uh, uh, Natalie Zia replace, re- reprises her role as Winona. Yep. yep. Uh, very briefly, Willa's mom. Uh, we also get uh, Raylan's Miami boss, uh, Matt Cravens, the actor. I forget the character's name. And then his partner, who was in a couple episodes of the old one, right. um, are both there. So it was yeah. cool seeing those those guys and, and, and Winona again. So He was still very fed up with Raylan. It's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ray. <laughs> Raylan seems to have that effect on like all of his, uh, everyone. Yeah. All of his chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. Like he said, he gets that a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I do feel like in some ways it was, it was, it was and well, in most ways, fan service wise, it was great to see, uh, Walton Goggins as Boy Crowder again. That was wonderful. Um, it did kind of make me go, well, Damn, this is a show I want to see. Like that, Mm -hmm. this, this last 10 minutes, I wish was the first 10 minutes of the series. (laughs) Like, um, hopefully, there's no plans to do another one, but hopefully the people at FX and everybody like gets on board because everybody's going to say we want it now. 
Um, now knowing that, like I said, justified ended on a, on a, on a satisfying way. Um, do you run the risk of yeah. seeing Boyd and, and Raylan go at it one more time? I'd, I'd watch it. <laughs> I, I, you do you want to see another series or do you want to see just a TV movie or something? I kind of like the idea of like, like this. It doesn't have to be 20 some or 13, eight, eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Give me eight good episodes and, and it doesn't even have to be next year. You know, I think we're, we've, we've reached this wonderful model in here in, in this era where we don't have to do 22 episodes, come back next year, do 22 more, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. We can put a few years between them if we need to. Yeah. Um, and if, if that was, if that's what it takes to, to do it, I would, I would love to see, you know, just seeing, you know, those two actors and those two characters together again, it would, I think it would be fun. Okay. But I think a movie, I think a movie would just, we would lose those character moments that I want if we did it in a movie because you'd have to really get the action going. Right. And you wouldn't, yeah, I, I, I love part of what I loved about the series was those character moments were Ray, like yeah, we'd go whole seasons where Raylan and Boyd would only see each other once or twice in the whole season. Mm-hmm. But those moments, my God, were magic. Um, and so, yeah. So if we were going to do it again, I, hopefully it would be a good story. Um, but I would love to, yeah, I would, I would, I'd be down for that. Mike. I wish we would have not gotten that scene. I really think it took away from the other story in all truth. i you know, because I wanted to see now what happens. And it's like basically seeing, you know, him getting out of prison, well, escaping from prison. And it was interesting because you knew something was going to happen when they showed the, you know, Kentucky prison. It's like, oh, geez. As soon as they showed the the thing that said Harlan County, you're like, yeah, exactly. And it was just like, oh, we know something's coming. And I think, I think partly that, Actually, maybe <laughs> we're not, we're not going to go back and look at Dewey Crow off for the last hour, though, completely because yeah. I was so focused on that final. Yeah. Plus, everything that they had just led up to, you know, this was supposed to be the breaking point of Raylan leaving. Yeah, they just yeah. Out, outdid it. They just undid it by saying like, oh, well, now Boyd's free. So guess what? He's going to go back to exactly to he's doing what he does. He's so. going to give up on his daughter. He's going to. You know, everything he's trying to build towards is out the window now. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, everything he built throughout this eight episodes out the window completely and everything because Boyd's out and everything. Yeah. And I watched, uh, I watched a little interview with the, with the showrunners and they, they did say that it was kind of just, they did it for fun. Yes. And and, it was fan service. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Very much was fan service. And, you know, that it was kind of a last minute idea and they only did it like they filmed all the Boyd stuff in like one day. They had Walton for one day. Right. Um, there was a cool bit. The, kind of busy. The, right. Cause you know, they, they filmed that scene on the bridge and the bridge turned out to be a happy accident because where they were going to film it, they couldn't get the permits where they had filmed. Uh, they couldn't get in where they had filmed justified. Right. And so they went back to where they filmed the pilot with that bridge 
they were tearing down that bridge like the next day or the day after. Oh, wow. So they were the, they were the last thing to film on that bridge because the bridge was not drivable. It had been closed down a while. Mm-hmm. And so they allowed them to come in and use that to, to shoot on that bridge. And that, cause that bridge is so, if you've seen the, mm-hmm. the original show, that bridge is so important to the, in that first episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so, so seeing that was, but yeah, all fan service. We could have that. None of that had to be there and it still would have been okay. An okay show. So yeah, it was totally like, Oh yeah, we know what you guys want here. You know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. just like with Picard giving us the enterprise D we know oh, what yeah. you want to see. Here it is. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and so, yeah. So it was like, now before we move on, I did want to mention something too. We talked about killing Clement, the shootout with Clement. I also, in my rewatch of this, I didn't catch it the first time. But except for the fact that they're standing, the layout and the way it is shot, the shootout where Raylan shoots Clement is the exact same shot, the exact same way as how Raylan shot Tommy Bucks in the opening five minutes of the pilot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I did see. I mean, yeah, I did see I something that about that also. flashback. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, that, that was very reminiscent. Yeah. yeah. And in both cases, you know, they're justified. Uh, you know, so yes, we can, it justifies the, the, the title, uh, <laughs> literally, um, as far as, uh, more, uh, from, uh, Raylan and Boyd, um, I will say that, uh, I had heard or read that, um, the original idea for shooting this, uh, came from, uh, Dave and Michael, uh, it's the showrunners, but also Timothy had a, had talked to Quentin Tarantino, who's mm-hmm. very interested in doing Justified with Raylan Givens. Mm-hmm. So I would not be opposed at all to a Tarantino TV movie <laughs> with Raylan and Boyd. Cut out all other supporting characters. You don't need them. Like, I don't want to, like, no offense, Bobby, but I don't need to see eight episodes of other characters. Like those right. are the only two I care about. You just want to see them sitting in a booth together somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just, just, well, yes, you could literally have them two like trapped on an elevator for two hours and it would be <laughs> captivating television. Yeah. But, but you add Tarantino into that mix and I think it would make for an amazing, like that's the only way to me to, <laughs> I'm going to use the term again, justify like, adding more to this because yes, as Mike pointed out, we already knew we had a satisfying conclusion to this. Like, um, so now it's left wide open. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do something spectacular with it, you know, but yet not too over the top, although Tarantino can go that way. Mm -hmm. But I think Tarantino's like, if he's interested, let's make that happen. Cause I, I would, yes, I would watch that so much i would watch that over and over again uh in my head so uh let's make that happen i would like to see that so anyway we don't know if there's going to be more justified but if there is we are going to discuss it (laughs) because uh we love justified so much uh the the writing the the direction i mean we didn't get a chance to talk about half the stuff that i mean this show was professionally made for sure uh, it might have been shot in Chicago, but they did a damn good job of making it look like Detroit, uh, making it look dirty, making it look, you know, as corrupt as the officials and making it look as different from Harlan County. 
Yes. As as anything, as as the story was, as the characters were. I mean, I thought that was a really nice, interesting choice too to do that, and music wise, different as well. So, um, excellent. So it's been great talking about this series with you guys, and hopefully there'll be more. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back to close out the show. I'm gonna fight them all. A seven-nation army couldn't hold me back They're gonna rip it off Taking their time right behind my Hi, back. this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. There's finally a little bit of chill in the air, or maybe it's just wishful thinking in my imagination, but fall is coming, and that means it's spooky season at the box office. And I know I've talked about in the past that I'm just starting to dip my toes into the horror genre, and so I'm actually super intrigued by the brand new Hercule Perrault movie, A Haunting in Venice. Because when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I actually thought it was going to be a horror film. And there's like, oh man, I don't know if I could see this type of movie in theater. And of course I saw Hercule Poirot show up and it's like, well now I'm going to have to see this in the theater. I have really liked these um, recent reimaginings of the Hercule Poirot classic stories. So of course, yeah, I want to see this one. Um, I feel pretty fortunate that I remained unspoiled for the plot of all of these Her Hercule Perot stories, even though they've been around for a long time. I don't know how I've managed to avoid spoilers, but I didn't know the plot of any of them, either Death on the Nile or Murder on the Orient Express. So I feel pretty thankful that I'll get to go in and be completely surprised by this story. It seems like there could be a supernatural element in this one, but it all could just be tricks that are being played. So I am definitely looking forward to seeing this one. I am also excited I get to see it in IMAX. This is not necessarily the type of big budget like superhero film that you technically think of going to see in IMAX, but the past two, the cinematography has been really great. So I'm looking forward to seeing it on a large format screen and I was feeling a little bit of the box office, just kind of mad this summer, so I am excited to see a movie like this. I am always encouraged. I think there needs to be more in Hollywood of these mid-range budget movies. Like, we all love the huge special effects um, bonanzas, but it's also nice to thing, see things that are scaled back, focused a little more on intricate plotting with a big all-star cast, so hopefully this will be a great way to kind of kick off the fall movie season and that's it for this week's box office buzz if you're looking for more entertainment related content be sure to go check out my blogs over on the eso podcast website after a long wait new doctor who is on its way we're gearing up to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show with a brand new doctor let's welcome shooty gotwa as the 14th doctor um no shooty is the 15th doctor david tennant is the 14th doctor wait 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 i thought david tennant was the 10th doctor Okay, I'm confused. Confused? Well, your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help you through all your Doctor Who questions. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. You've heard it over and over again. Fleetwood Mac rumors, one of the biggest selling albums of all time. And, of course, one of the touchstone recordings, any genre, any decade. And not only could Fleetwood Mac, and we're talking about Fleetwood Mac with Buckingham Nicks for this, 
Um, not only were they incredible in the studio, but they absolutely delivered live. And uh, there's a new uh, two album or two CD set out on Rhino that came out on Friday uh, to showcase what the band sounded like in 77 when they were touring that album. Uh, it includes material, of course, from Rumors and also from 1975's self-titled album when Buckingham Knicks made their debut. Uh, there's 18 tracks. Uh, the only track on the album that's not off those two albums is Oh Well, uh, from the earlier days. Um, none of them have been released before except for Goldust Woman. I have no doubt that this um, sounds incredible. Um, truly amazing, just in time for holiday gift giving. And um, since it's a, a no-frills set, there aren't any books, any posters, anything like that. Um, very affordable. It's about 15 bucks, I think, for the two CD sets. So absolutely something to check out. And it's September. The pumpkin spice is all around us. And the holidays are just around the corner. Costco's got their trees up, of course. It's, it's the holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, and your Christmas is about to get much more glam because Cher has announced her first ever Christmas album, She's got a title, Are You Spending Christmas With Me? She doesn't have a release date, but she does say that it, it's not your mother's Christmas record. Um, and she has duets and appearances by, quote-unquote, millions of people who are very special. So we'll have to wait and see who she's, who she's working with on this album and just what a share Christmas would be like. But it's going to be over the top, I'm sure. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and we will catch you next time. People keep asking, are we back? Yeah, I guess we're back. Back to talk about cigars, movies, TV shows, and any other nerdy topics here on the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com and ESONetwork.com. And we have a YouTube channel, at Cigar Nerd Podcast, where we do... Cigar reviews, live versions of the show, and any other dumb thing we think to record. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert film. So, if you haven't heard that in the last year, Taylor Swift has been on tour, well, she has, and yeah. I was lucky enough to see her twice during the tour, and now she is releasing a concert movie. For anyone who wants to see it and wants an easier and less stressful route of going to the concert. Since going to the movie theater is way easier for many. The Eras Tour concert movie releases on October 13th and will play every weekend for 13 weeks in theaters. It was filmed during one of the nights during her Los Angeles shows. And other than that, we don't know much else about what will be in it other than just the concert. We don't know if there's going to be behind the scenes stuff, what special songs will be there, it's going to be a surprise. She did get an interim agreement through SAG to film it to make sure she was in compliance with the strike that is currently going on. And she made her deal with AMC Theaters, not one of the big studios, since it seems they also didn't want to give her a good deal to release her concert. Which is crazy to me, since she has already shown that people will pay and show up for her time and time again. She completely funded the filming herself and is really showing the studios that you can pay people and be within the guidelines of what SAG and WGA are asking for with their new contracts during the strike. I'm really excited to see the on-screen version of the concert since it was absolutely amazing experience to see live. 
I am sure I will feel the same seeing it on screen, just this time not dancing out of my seat since it is in a theater and everyone there wants to have a good experience and enjoy the show. I am also excited to see if others decide to dress up for it since I know a lot of us are planning to dress up and bring friendship bracelets with us to trade with other fans. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Mr. Nash, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Oh, so good. It's been so long since it's been just the three of us. This is pretty cool. I know. It's almost like <laughs> yeah. the, the good old days. It's like, you know, we didn't dig, dig coal together, but we made podcasts together. So it's, you know. <laughs> exactly. And we still Our ran. hands are dirtier. Yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to say, we've run away from many disasters. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's less money in podcasting than digging coal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen on that one. So I see, you know, you're all the time, you're out on the road with your dad. Yeah. You don't have time to write anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. There's a lot of sleepless nights. We do get out, and uh, and I've been doing a lot of cons this year. Uh, back on the con circuit, uh, I just wrapped up, what, six or five or six weeks in a row somewhere, you know, wrapping that up with Dragon Con. And then at the end of the month, we start over. Uh, we got a couple, like, for four or five throughout the end of September into October into November. So, Gotcha. What shows do you, what do you got coming up? Um, in, and on the 24th of this month, I have a library show in Ackworth, Georgia. Okay. Um, on the 30th of September, I will be in Augusta at Canacon with several friends of the show, uh, Ricky and Bambi and, uh, and, uh, uh, Randy, Randy Bishop. And so we'll be having a good time up there in Augusta. And then, uh, October, um, there's several things that have Monsteramas in October, I'm doing Halloween Comic Fest down in Tifton. So, yeah, lots. Uh, and then Huntsville. I'm in Huntsville in November. So, oh, very nice. A lot of, yeah. And there's some other library shows in there that I just don't remember the dates off the top of my head. Very so, nice. Yes. Yeah, so that's how bad it is. I have, I can't remember it anymore. I have to keep a calendar. And <laughs> so, but yeah, but now between doing that and the writing and the, you know, writing and writing and, and more too writing. bad I can't do the two. I can't write while I ride. Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome, but I can't do that. Soon you'll be able to just dictate into like a little microphone, and it'll type it onto the computer as you're. T- well, you know, it's funny. The phone they has have that, that technology. Yeah, they have that the, technology now. I sometimes, for a while there, I'd wake up in the middle of the night with something, and I would turn on talk to text, and I would leave myself a note, and then I would get up the next morning and go, "What the hell does that mean?" Because <laughs> because talk to text does not understand the southern accent (laughs) (laughs) or the mumbling when you're half asleep (laughs) and so there's there's a lot of like you know deciphering it's like it's like deciphering code it's like oh you know so yeah that is awesome i need to just plug the chip into my brain and just let it you know so how can people find you in all the places you're going to be uh bobbynash.com has everything um i'm also on Author Bobby Nash on Facebook, Bobby Nash writes on Instagram, at Bobby Nash on Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Um, I'm also on Threads. Bobby Nash writes on Threads. I've got Blue Sky. I think that's all. This man knows how to promote himself. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them out there. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. 
We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. How did we get through it without shooting somebody? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. It's early still, so. <laughs> still got a few minutes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you never, you never know. JD might make a break for it out of the airlock before this episode ends. <laughs> that's, that's a no brainer. That is a no brainer right there. He can try. Oh God, we wanted to the other day when he was on the show. Uh, you can try, but he just die. He just die. Be tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything you want to shout out about there? I do. Um, as Bobby mentioned, uh, Dragon Con 2023 is over, but we're still feeling it. But uh, it lives on in virtualness. Uh, we did some virtual panels for the Brit tracks, uh, Mike and I. Uh, one is an Earth Station One Presents panel. We did, uh, the, the topic was James Bond themes, uh, the songs that surpass the movies. We were joined by Alan J. Porter and Matthew Kressel. Uh, and then we also, on our Earth Station Who uh, podcast crew, uh, were joined by the folks from the Traveling TARDIS, Melanie and Christian, and uh, and it was Mary, of course, uh, who co-hosts the Earth Station Who with us as well. There we talked about Doctor Who spinoffs, past and future. Um, they are both available for your viewing pleasure over on YouTube. So if you're watching this, just switch over to the, if you want more of us, there's a switch over to the Brit Tracks and you'll find more where that came from. Um, if you're listening Finish to us, just go to YouTube. Course. Finish watching we'll have the yeah. We'll have the links in the show notes, but those were a lot of fun uh, to participate in. And uh, yes, they are, they are still there for you to watch. And I believe they, there's no uh, expiration date on those. I think you can watch them. Uh, you don't have to have DCTV or anything like that. Just go to YouTube and you can watch them for free. Yeah. And speaking of Dragon Con, one of the things Mike and I did, did discuss a lot was Dragon Tales. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you, I know you've talked about it on the show before, but oh, I have. Many times. Yeah, so I know that's, I know that's about it again. Go for it. (laughs) It's coming soon. There'll be, uh, the next episode will probably have some more detailed information on how you can get it. Excellent. 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 Uh, my shout out real quick today is nine 11 and you know, 22 years already, folks. It's pretty crazy. Um, everyone of our generation knows where we were that day at that moment it's you know hearing my grandparents when they were young saying about you know where they were when the pearl harbor got bombed or jfk was assassinated and you know there's moments in your lives where you realize you know this is history this is not a good thing and when those airplanes hit the world trade center i was out in seattle and i was sleeping still and i had a friend of mine from australia call me and say mike mike are you watching tv your world trade centers just got bombed and i said no they didn't you know that was years ago that that terrorist tried to blow it up with a truck bomb and he said no 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 it was you know they somebody just flew an airplane into it and the world changed that folks nothing is the same it was almost like we lost an innocence to our society and you know we lost a lot of great people we lost some very heroic people we lost some very innocent people who people who went to work you know just going to their offices people who were going on an airplane flight not thinking about it it was just you know horror and, you know, 
it's unimaginable. I could not, you know, when I went down to the the wreckage a couple months later, it was still smoking. The ground was still smoking there. They hadn't, you know, because the fire's underground, they didn't put out for quite some time. And it was, it was just amazing. Some things that brought people together now has pushed people apart. And that's the sad thing about it. And, you know, people are like, oh, we got to get on with life. People, you know, don't even, don't even want to recognize this. It's something that happened and it's something that needs to not be forgotten. It needs to be remembered of the people who we were, the people that we lost and, you know, everything that caused it and led to it, you know. Let's not have it happen again. Let's stay together. Let's hug your loved ones because you never know. It could be taken away just like that. And that's the important thing to remember about 9-11. And, you know, it's it's just craziness. It really, really is. And I miss some of the things that have changed since then. And hopefully someday maybe they'll come back. I don't see it happening in my lifetime and it's interesting someone like my son who was three at the time that's ancient history to them already it's something they read about in history books and everything but you know it's not to, to me it feels like yesterday and it it doesn't feel like it's 22 years and you know i'm sure people are like going okay mike this is supposed to be a lighthearted show and everything but you know, we have to remember, and that's all you have to say. Yeah, there are there are adults who weren't born then. You know, it's, oh, I know people I work. You know, with. it's yeah, it, they 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 don't understand a time before that was a thing. So, mm -mm. Yeah. No, exactly. And you know, when I told told my son, you know, there was a time when you used to come to the gate to see me get off the airplane when I used to go on trips and stuff, and he's like, what? We weren't at the top of security or whatever. It's like, yeah. no, you actually used to be able to go to the gate. You used to have, you know, people, you know, there was just so much. You used to have to not take your shoes off to get on the airplane or a belt. And it's just, it's just crazy. And people's attitudes towards each other has changed a lot. And that kind of sucks. But on to better, you know, just bigger and better stuff, folks. And hopefully we can learn from it. And Learn from everyday life and just remember, have fun, enjoy life. And you know what? Smile at your friends. Be grateful that you have your friends here to be able to spend time and talk about Justified. And it was a blast. So, you know what? As always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Always remember, we couldn't do this without you guys, as we like to always say. Please help support the podcast by checking out our T Public store and get some really cool ESO Network swag. You can always get that at the top of the ESO Network webpage or go to the top of the Earth Station One webpage. Also, of course, we have a link in our show notes. And, you know, just look up Earth Station One or ESO Network in TeePublic. It's pretty cool stuff. Also, remember, if you want to listen to the show before the rest of the world, please check out our Patreon. You could do it for as little as a dollar a month. You, too, can help support the Earth Station One podcast and the ESO Network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network.
Remember now, Earth Station One is available wherever fine podcasts are found. And we are finally up on Pandora, folks. That is right. We are on Pandora. And, you know, folks who are listening to us on Stitcher, please listen to us elsewhere because, you know, Stitcher's gone. There is no more Stitcher anymore. So Stitcher Radio is a thing of the past. So we are on Sirius XM now. We are on Pandora. And, of course, YouTube, where you can look at all these shiny faces <laughs> and get to see all the cool stuff that's behind me, behind Mike. I think we might do a contest someday that, you know, we might try to do, try to name 10 things that are behind Mike <laughs> Gordon, you know, type thing. Huh. I think that would be awesome. You could win an It e could help me find some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it would be going like, Mike, you know you have that behind you? I do. Wow, I didn't you know that's that. where that is. Be like the Where's Waldo of ESO. Just hide something each week. Exactly. <laughs> so it's actually pretty cool. So definitely check that out. Um, you know, if you like the show, please like and subscribe. And wherever you're listening to it. And if you're on YouTube, click on that little thing on the top. You know, give it a thumbs up. And, you know, you can then find out when we come to you now once a week. And, you know, we're getting some good feedback there. Hopefully we get some listeners. And we're getting new subscribers all the time. So why not join in with the rest of that? If you want to write us, please write us feedback at herstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. All right. That is going to wrap up the show for tonight. Everybody, thank you so, so much for joining us. As always, on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Bobby Nash, and the amazing Mr. Mike Gordon. Thank you guys so much, as always. Okay, now, folks, Doc, Mike has a gun. Peace. We're out. And we're done. Boom. <laughs> You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.